Welcome back to the Hot to Best Daily Pick Show for Tuesday, November 16th. Got a pretty good college basketball card on slate for today. As far as yesterday's picks went, not great. Missouri got their absolute doors blown off by Kansas City. Absolute terrible pick by me. And currently Pepperdine and Utah Valley are just finishing up. Pepperdine does have a slight lead at the moment, but um, we should know by the time we get through these five games who wins that one. So let's just get right into Tuesday's picks. First game on Tuesday's card, we got Miami taking on Florida Atlantic. Both these teams come into this game one and one on the season. As far as this Miami team, 87th in Kim Palm, 120 in the hot tip at power rankings. Florida Atlantic, 201 in Kim Palm, 151 in the hot tip at rankings. And um, for Florida Atlantic, their only D1 game they've played so far was against New Mexico. Um, and that was a loss in that game. You know, Michael Forrest has really been the guy that, that this FAU team has leaned on. Um, he's their leading scorer with 16.5 points per game. Um, and, and outside of him, you know, Brutuma Bertori coming over from East Carolina, um, Vladivlov Golden coming over from Texas Tech. Um, some absolute tough names to say right there. Absolutely just butchered them. But both of them transfer in to, to really try and help this team. Um, but one area that they've really struggled in, at least through the, the first two games of the season here, is with those turnovers. Um, they're losing the ball on a lot of possessions, 21.8% of their possessions, um, to be exact, 245th in the country in that area. So, you know, if they can clean that up a little bit, this can definitely be a better team. But just as far as efficiency goes, when compared to this Miami team, FAU let's just be honest, is not a great basketball team. Um, 206 in adjusted offensive efficiency, 213th in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. So against a crosstown rival here, I think it could be a very tough game for Florida Atlantic. As far as Miami goes, you know, they opened the season with a, a pretty good 10-point win um, over Kinesis, um, followed up with that loss on Saturday to UCF. But let's be honest, that's not a bad loss at all. That UCF team is very, very good. And, you know, you can't talk about this Miami team right now without mentioning the fact Blake James fired as the AD um, on Monday. I don't really know how much that really impacts this game per se. Um but, you know, it, it's still there. It's still, you know, a high-level college basketball program that just lost their AD. But um, as far as this one goes, you know, Cameron McGusty leads this Miami team in scoring the season, 24 points per game for him. Um, he also leads the team in rebounding with 6.5 rebounds per game. So, you know, he's a guy that Miami is going to lean on a lot this season to, to help him win games and, and really help keep him in it. Um, Charlie Moore from DePaul is another great add to this roster um, this year. But one area that this Miami team has to play better in, you know, especially if they want to win this game and really be competitive um, through the ACC this year is the three point shooting. You know, through the first two games of the season, it has not been good. Only in 25.6% of their shots from beyond the arc, 271st in the country. But outside of that, offensively, they have played pretty good. You know, they're 64th in offenses efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, they're not horrible either. 125th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So really for this Miami team, the five and a half points, you know, it's it's not a small point spread, but it's definitely not a huge point spread, especially right now, you know, when we're seeing 20, 30 point spreads um, pretty much constantly with all these non-conference games. Um, I think they have a pretty good rebound here against a, a team that, you know, they're going to get up for, you know, um, FAU in Miami are definitely big time cross time rivals. You know, um, I don't know as much in basketball, um, but, you know, definitely recruiting against each other um, at times, you know, the guys who maybe couldn't get to Miami going to FAU and, you know, this FAU team let's just to be honest they're going to be near the bottom of conference usa again this year they're not really a great team not to say that miami's a great team in the acc um, but i think they have a rebound after the ucf lost um, and i think they play a great game here so i like miami minus five and a half against florida atlantic 
Now, the next game on the card, we got Winthrop taking on Middle Tennessee. Both these teams come into this game 2-0 and on the season. And before we even get into this one, the little asterisk down by Winthrop. We don't have an official betting line out for this game yet. That at the four points um, is the Ken Palm projection. Um, so whenever the official bet is released, I'll drop it down in the comments on Twitter. Really everywhere you, you see all my stuff, I'll let you know what I end up getting for that line. But um, yeah, as long as it's near the four points there, which let's be honest, it's the, whatever the betting spread is usually ends up being very close to what Ken Palm has. Um, I will drop that down below. But as far as this Winthrop team goes, 160th in Ken Palm, 104 in the hot to bet rankings. Middle Tennessee, not great. 283 in Ken Palm, 288 in the hot to bet rankings. And, you know, this Winthrop team, when I first saw this game um, was going on today, I, I figured that, you know, the projection, and, and I guess we don't have a betting spread out yet, so I don't know no, maybe they could be much bigger favorites than that four points. But I just thought that was so extremely low. You know, um, they hang on and beat Mercer by three points in overtime um, in their last game. But this team has shot the ball so, so well. 46.7% from beyond the arc, 62.5 effective field goal percentage on the season. And, and really offensively, this Winthrop team is just so, so strong right now. 155th um, in adjusted offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, which, you know, isn't greatest in the world or anything. But for a Winthrop team um, and, and where they're at, it's not bad at all. DJ Burns has really done a great job for this team. 23 points per game, seven rebounds per game for him. And, and defensively, well, they haven't been nearly as good. Um, they haven't been bad by any means either. 171st in defensive efficiency coming into this game. Um, and, you know, Mark Prosser really looking to, pick up um, where Kelsey left off um, as the new head coach for this team. And, you know, his roster is not lacking talent at all. They have a very talented roster, some guys that, you know, can go out and play. And, you know, especially in my model, 104 in the country, I don't think that's really overrated at all for this Winthrop team. I think they could surprise a lot of people this season. As far as Middle Tennessee goes, they're not in great shape. They might be 2-0 on the season, and, you know, they had a pretty good win um, over Bethune-Cookman, but, you know, that's their only D1 win of the season so far. Um, they've struggled to rebound the ball um, offensively, only pulling down 26.5% off the offensive glass. Um, and this offense, just in general, is not great. 299th in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Um, you know, and they don't really have a plethora of scores either. You know, Josh Jefferson, the transfer coming in from Green Bay, um, currently leads this team in scoring with 13.5 points per game. Isaiah Turner, um, who's also a transfer, came from um, a Juco school. I can't remember the name, um, but he scored 11.5 points per game. So, you know, this team hit the transfer portal semi-hard in the offseason, you know, bringing in a couple guys. And it seems to be worked out a little bit, but this team is, you know, that's that's kind of the, the, the core of this team. It's a rebuild. They're not exactly going to be pretty um, and really – I think it's a very long shot if this team even finishes the season with double digit wins. You know, they're going to be they're going to be scraping the bottom of the bucket all season to try and find wins and, and going up against a Winthrop team that I think is very good. I absolutely love Winthrop here. So um, taking Winthrop minus the points, whatever that ends up being official line down in the comments and on Twitter. And just like the last game, don't have a line out for Colgate, so make sure you check in the comments, Twitter, um, everything we went over with Winthrop. But this next game, we got Colgate taking on Cornell. Colgate is 1-1 one one on the season. Cornell is 2-0. and oh. As far as this Colgate team goes, though, 114th in Kim Palm coming into this game, 64th in the hot tip at rankings. And, you know, they had a pretty big win in their season opener against Northeastern. Um, really, they, they impressed the heck out of me in that game, but they more impressed me in that game against NC State. Well, they ultimately ended up losing, you know, they kept it 
very close. Ends up being a three-point game. And um, Nelly Cummins has been a guy who's been on absolute fire for this Colgate team through the first two games here. 22 points for him. Tucker Richardson is also, you know, a, a great role player for this team. Leads in both rebounds and assists with 7.5 rebounds and four assists on the season. So offensively, they're a team that, that I think distributes the ball very well, gets a lot of guys involved, and, and it really shows, you know, coming into this game, they're 67th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, according to Kim Palman, they've shot the ball extremely, extremely well. 40.8% from beyond the arc, 51.4 effective field goal percentage. And, and granted, it, we're only two games into the season. It's hard to put too much weight in that but um, whenever a team shooting above 40 percent from beyond the arc you know they're doing something right um, and, and they're doing a pretty good job not turning the ball over as well only turning it over on 13.7 percent of their possessions one area you might be a little bit more iffy on and, and it's you know with good reason um, on the defensive side of the ball this Colgate team might not be nearly as good um, you know only 179th and adjusted defensive efficiency according to Kim Palm um, and you know it's it's going to be hard for this team um, without or with the loss of Jordan Burns you know he was a guy who who, who really led this roster and um, and did a lot for him but outside of him you know this is still a very experienced roster they still have quite a few playmakers and, and let's just be honest you know they've been an absolute powerhouse in the Patriot League um, under Matt Langle in the last few years as far as Cornell goes coming to this one um, with wins over Binghampton and Lafayette um, to open their season and one thing I've learned about the Ivy League this season they've been very very surprising I expected a slow start from a lot of these Ivy League teams but to be fair, pretty much across the board, they've been pretty impressive in the games that I've watched, and and maybe I should stop doubting them. Maybe I'm going to regret betting this game, um, but I don't think this Cornell team is near as good as, as maybe what those two games have showed us. Um, you know, they're 255th in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Kemp Palm, 282nd in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Kemp Palm. Um, and unlike Colgate, they've really struggled to shoot the ball from beyond the arc, only hitting 31.4% from beyond the arc. Again, two games into the season, small sample size. Um, but I don't really love what I've seen from Cornell in that aspect. Um, Jordan Jones, though, has been a pretty good scorer for the team, 19.5 points per game for him. Chris Mannon has done a pretty good job, also 18 points per game for him. But really, those two guys are it. Outside of them, we haven't seen a whole lot of production from the rest of the roster um, which is unfortunate you know they need some of those younger guys to step up and make plays um, and to be honest going up against Colgate here is going to be a major major step up um, from Binghampton and Lafayette two teams that are you know well ranked into the 300s um, so going against Colgate here is going to be a tougher challenge for this Cornell team um, and if we're being quite honest I don't think this game is, is even close you know we got the projection um, for Colgate at minus seven um, really I, I think I'm gonna probably bet Colgate even if this line ends up being like minus 12 I think I would still probably bet it so um, give me Colgate minus the points in this game and like I said earlier check the description in the comments down below for the official Colgate line Next game on the card, Creighton taking on Nebraska. Creighton comes into this game 2-0 on the season, Nebraska 1-1. And, and, you know, Creighton is a, is a team that I love betting on. I love watching. They come into this one 68th in Kempom, 44th in the hot debate rankings. Nebraska 88 in Kempom. 122 in the hot to bet rankings and um, for Creighton you know they entered this game with wins over Arkansas Pine Bluff and Kennesaw State um, and their defense has played well in both of those games but offensively they definitely have room to improve um, if speaking of bad three-point shooting you know 330th coming into this game as far as three-point shooting goes 18.2 percent is all this Creighton team's making and when you can't really shoot the three against Arkansas Pine Bluff and Kennesaw State it does make me wonder what you're going to do against a team that is definitely a step up in Nebraska 
Nebraska. Um, but let's not act like Nebraska has had a great start to the season either. Um, they've definitely had their struggles. They opened the season with a one-point loss to Western Illinois. Um, redeemed themselves a little bit on on uh, last Friday with a win over Sam Houston State. But, um, you know, defensively they're fine kind of like Creighton you know um, Creighton comes into this game um, 86th in defensive efficiency um, or, or sorry 86th in offensive efficiency 51st in defensive efficiency um, Nebraska comes in um, 82nd in defensive efficiency according to Kim Palm um, and only 107 in offensive efficiency so you know both these teams are are defensive teams you know they're, they're going to play good defense which i guess matches them up well you know um let's be honest nebraska hasn't shot the belt well ball well from beyond the arc either only hitting 21.2 percent of their shots from beyond the arc 13 316th in the country in that respect so um you know from from the shooting standpoint let's be these neither of these teams um are doing too well but really what I'm looking at for this Creighton team are two guys. Alex O'Connell, um, who leads the team in scoring at the moment with 16.5 points per game. I think he's going to be a guy that they really you know rely on a lot this season and, and put a lot of weight into. Ryan Hawkins is also a great playmaker for this team. 10.5 rebounds per game um, through the first two games for him. So if these guys keep those type of stat lines up, I think that this team and, and the rest of the roster, which let's be honest, is a very young roster uh, for this Greg McDermott-led team, I think they have a chance to do something pretty special in the Big East. I'm not saying win the Big East. I'm not saying, you know, even necessarily make the tournament. Um, but I think they can be an impressive team and they can be one of those bubble teams um, as the season rolls on. And I just love Greg McDermott going into this rivalry game. As far as Nebraska goes, you know, they've shot the ball not great. Obviously, we know from three, only a 43.8 effective field goal percentage for them. Um, you know, Bryce McGowan's um, leads this team in scoring 27 points per game for him. And, and he's really the, the heart and soul of this offense. Without him, you know, I don't even know if they end up beating Sam Houston State in that game. Um, Derek Walker's also done a pretty good job rebounding the ball eight points per game for him. And while this team has talent, don't get me wrong, um, Nebraska's been a pretty talented roster, um, you know, just looking at the guys they have for the past few seasons. Um, but Fred Hoiberg hasn't really shown me um, a whole lot with this Nebraska team. Yeah, he has the talent, but I don't know that they have the coaching and that sort of skill set necessary to, to really win this game. So um, I love Creighton plus two and a half taken on Nebraska. In the final game on the car, we got BYU taking on Oregon. Both these come, teams come into the game 2-0 on the year. For BYU, coming to this one, 39th in Kimpom, 38th in the hot tip bear rankings. And, you know, they got wins over Cleveland State and San Diego State. So two decently impressive wins, but this is another step up in competition completely. You know, this Oregon team is very, very good. And, you know, the offense hasn't been horrible for BYU but they have struggled to score points at times. You know, only 24.3% from beyond the arc, a 45.7 effective field goal percentage. And while they come into this game ranked 35th in offensive efficiency, you know, it's definitely not to the level that Oregon is. And with the 46 um, in defensive efficiency, according to Kim Palm, I think it could be hard for this BYU team to slow down Oregon. You know, Oregon, um, two huge wins over Texas Southern and, and that SMU win um, was very, very impressive. And, and it's an offense that's been on absolute fire. You know, Will Richardson leads this team in scoring with 16 points. Jacob Young has been another great guy scoring the ball, 16 points per game. And, you know, he transfers in from Rutgers and makes an instant difference on this Oregon team. And it's an Oregon team that shot the ball extremely, extremely well the first two games of the season. 53.9 effective field goal percentage for them on the year. Um, and, you know, they, they're also doing a great job rebounding the ball, especially off the offensive glass. 40 2.3% offensive rebounding percentage. Um, and they pick up some more guys who, you know, really help boost this team. Quincy Gooner um, from Syracuse um, has been a stud rebounding the ball, you know, nine rebounds per game for him. So offensively, Oregon 
is is a top team in the country you know they're 12th in adjusted offensive efficiency according to Kim Palm 55th in adjusted defensive efficiency so defense could definitely be you know part that that brings them down in this game but I don't know that BYU is going to be able to utilize that enough to to really you know put too much pressure on Oregon um in the really just very talented very experienced roster that this Oregon team has but looking over to BYU, you know, it's not like they don't have playmakers. Alex Montilio um, has done a pretty good job holding this team together. 20.5 points per game for him. But really outside of him, the scoring's not great. Um, Caleb Lohner has done a great job rebounding the ball in his own right. 8.5 rebounds per game. And, you know, they they add a guy in Trey John Lucas from Milwaukee who really hopes to, to make an impact on this team. But um, I, I'm, I'm just not buying into this BYU team quite yet. You know, I love Mark Pope as a coach. I think the team has a great, great roster. And, and I think they might, you know, down the road later in the season, um, find something. But to me, they just haven't played good enough basketball this season to justify only being four-point underdogs here against Oregon. You know, I think Dana Altman um, and this Oregon team have a very good roster together, have a lot of talent. And and quite honestly, I think they can make a case down the road when they, when they finally meet up with UCLA to be one of the best, if not the best team in the Pac-12. So don't be surprised if Oregon ends up winning the Pac-12. That's that's all I'm saying. I might be a little high on this Oregon team, but um, I absolutely love them. So give me Oregon minus four against BYU. And that wraps it up for today's college basketball show. If you want to see more college basketball picks for today, head over to hot2best.com. Check out all the computer model stuff over there, as well as NFL, college football, everything going on this week up on hot2best.com. If you're not already following me at hot2best, Chris, on Twitter and Instagram, make sure you're following me there, as well as on the Best Stamp app. Especially make sure you're following there today, because as soon as the Winthrop and Colgate lines are released, I will be dropping the picks on Wet Stamp on Twitter in the comments down here. So um, check all those places to see what those official lines end up being. Also, follow the Hot2Best main account on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok to stay up to date with all of the computer model action, as well as if you're watching here on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future content, and most importantly, drop a comment down below. Let me know who you guys are betting on for Tuesday's college basketball card. And thanks for watching today's show. I will see you guys tomorrow.